Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. This is a space where we seek to create and cultivate healthy conversations between those things we geek out on and the philosophical and theological questions that often arise out of our fandoms. Like, what does it mean to be human? What makes a hero? What makes a villain? How do the stories and narratives we geek out on shape how we live in the world? We are your priests to the geeks. We aren't all ordained, but we see ourselves as mediators at the intersection of geek culture and going deeper in our faith. We don't always have to agree, but we do respect each other. And we see everyone as a beloved child of God. Everyone geeks out on something, so come geek out with us and enjoy the show. You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What if the wise men showed up at the wrong manger? Hey guys, this is Systematic Geekology 2024. We're going to be discussing uh, what we did for the holiday season, what we're looking forward to in the new year. And of course, we're going to be reviewing the life of Brian and talking about Epiphany Day. The day this is coming out, this is Epiphany Day. We're recording this on the 12th day of Christmas, getting ready for the wise men. I am Joshua Knoll, one of your co-hosts, with a whole multitude of other hosts you're familiar with if you follow the show. And if you don't, uh, hey, 2024 is a great year to follow. We have a lot of exciting things coming up. I'm here with the pastor of Chapel Hill uh, Lutheran Church, Holy Trinity. I did that in opposite order. I'm now Yoda. I'm talking about the one and only Wilbo Baggins, Will Rose. Uh, also here with TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell, the greatest podcast host to ever host a podcast. Christian Ashley, the host of the Let Nothing Move You podcast, which is a very moving podcast, ironically. And also here with the one and only Elizabeth Pangalingen, Langalingalingen, Clyde, Pang, Will, TJ, Christian, and myself. How's everybody doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize for the sound of my voice. Yeah. Well, I mean, We're every good holiday party has one person who's just like coughing the whole time. Like it, it has to be spreading things, yeah. spreading things. A super yeah. Yeah, every party needs a super spreader, yeah. and I'm just glad that I'm been promoted to the pastor of Chapel Hill, <laughs> like all of Chapel Hill. Yeah, yeah. He's the pastor of Chapel Hill. Sorry, Reverend I Justin. I, want, I do not want that for 2024. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So Christian is our super spreader. TJ's the guy who like spikes the drink because no one saw it coming like why, why why is it him like you know it's never it's always the one you don't expect will's the one in the public doing jokes uh i'm the one in the <laughs> corner that's just kind of there and uh Peng, what do you do at parties i don't know i can't think i'm silently judging everyone she goes home <laughs> yeah she's people the, the people watcher there's all, there has to be a people watcher yeah yeah, yeah she's prepared out. the food and she's judging <laughs> me for not you know for picking the food i don't like out perfect well, with that, if you're listening or watching, make sure you if you're watching on YouTube, smash that like and subscribe button. If you're listening or, you know, if you just have time on your hands, head over to Podchaser or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want and leave us a rating in review always helps us out. And of course, we got to do a big shout out to one of our sponsors. This time we're going to be thanking uh, Trip Fuller for supporting the show. Trip, we all love you. Thank you for supporting the show. And uh, with that, guys, what if we just. I don't jump straight into the episode 
with a few reflections on last year. We're going to do this. Uh, you know what? We're going to do this kind of like a what's news episode. We're going to do it like a lightning round. Everybody, you have three things I need you to pick out. One thing that from last year's show to highlight one thing from outside of the show in your life to highlight, and then maybe something you learned from last year's theme. Last year, 2023, we had a theme of, um, man, my brain's blanking. I'm already stuck on 2024. I was about to say religions. That's not right. We had a theme of cosmologies and origins last year. So one thing from the show you wanted to highlight, just a fun time or something meaningful, whatever. One thing from your own life outside the show, and then something maybe you learned during our cosmology series. Uh, Will's a good talker, so we'll start with Will. <laughs> Well, what you got sometimes for us? A good talker. Sometimes, sometimes a good talker. All right. So from uh, in the show, I, I think um, with the show, Theology Beer Camp, not hosting it at my church, but at a different location and going and meeting friends that we met the last year, having us grow and people say that they listen to us and then introducing our show to other people who were there uh, with the Geek Stage was pretty fun. And I will share that I got a uh, Christmas card with uh, Snoopy on it. You can see oh, that there. And nice. on the Christmas card is from John. And he's like, hi, Will. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, great meeting you at Beer Camp. I love listening to the Systematic Geekology and grateful for our fellow geeks. And I was like, man, thanks, John. Uh, so uh, that that's a pretty fun gift. And maybe maybe they listened to the Charlie Brown episode and the Christmas special. And that's the Easter egg that they, they did. So uh, thanks, John. Uh, so yeah, meet, meeting new people, growing um our geekdoms and fandoms and all that kind of stuff i think um from outside of the show in my own personal life um you know it's just kind of getting back into the new normal in terms of church life and family um and and i feel like uh, 2023 was a strong year kind of getting back on our feet kind of post-covid stuff and seeing my daughters thrive in college and all those kinds of things was um was was great and so uh and then our theme cosmologies uh you know that that's fun is always thinking about the origins of the fandoms that we love and i learned a lot uh with listening to our episodes the episodes i wasn't on and um yeah every every fandom every part or narrative or story has an origin story and has a cosmology or a big narrative wrapped around it of how it came to be and so yeah i have one we all have one we have our own personal stories we're also part of a larger story so yeah that was fun all right um Hmm. We'll, we'll do TJ next. TJ is the expert of the lightning rounds. So TJ, one thing highlight from your own life outside the show, one thing to highlight from the show last year, and then uh, maybe just something you learned from our cosmology or origins theme. It doesn't have to be something super serious. It could just be you didn't know there was singing that involved in the beginning of Narnia. I don't know. Well, last year I had a nephew. I was able through the podcast to go to Theology Beer Camp, meet a lot of really cool people, be introduced to a cool new uh, theological branch for me. And what was the third thing? I really enjoyed talking about the cosmologies of Adventure Time, Harry Potter, and Star Wars. That was a great time. I loved that. Didn't really learn anything in the episodes because I researched for, I think, literally all of them. <laughs> I think I was on all of them. So you learned before the episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that I wasn't on out. all of them, but I think I was on like half of them. Yeah, that checks out. I, I'm on weirdly few like I like I feel like I was on a good amount of the origins this year, but I was looking at our theme this this last year was on a lot. This year's theme, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of like episodes that I'm just not going to be on with the origins. It's it's like the the Christian Ashley show. So Christian, <laughs> lightning round. Yes. One thing from your own life you want to highlight. One thing from the show you want to highlight from last year. Then something maybe you learned from the cosmology or origin series. 
Yeah, I was thinking, how am I going to narrow this down? Because I was on like every other episode, it feels like, this year. <laughs> um, now, I'll say, short shout out to the episode I did with Will and my dad on Space Ghost. Had a ton of fun doing that with you guys. Mm-hmm. But really, uh, the one that kind of meant the most to me this year was uh, one I wasn't supposed to be on. Uh, I had asked Pang if I could be on the Avatar Season 2 episode. And really, that was because I had just had a bad day. I had bombed a Greek test and I was feeling so low. I just needed something positive. And Pink was like, yeah, sure, come on in. <laughs> and we just got to talk about Aang and the gang uh, doing all their wacky hijinks there. And it just lifted my spirits a lot that day. Aang uh, and the outside gang. of the I podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I mean, really, it's been learning how to love and uh, appreciate and look after my niece, uh, Malin. I've, uh, they were just over uh, this last week, so I got to spend time with her uh, and learning how to love my sister-in-law at her most sensitive right now and to be gentle with her and not make all the jokes that I would normally make because she's not ready for them right now. That's something I had to grow into, so I really appreciate that. Uh, the cosmology stuff, um, I did really enjoy the one that Kevin and I did on DC. And I'm not that big of a DC guy, but like I knew a lot of that stuff there, but I learned a lot more of how that worked and everything. But as far as when I wasn't on, we did Narnia last year, right? Was that you and Joe? That, yeah, 2022 was the theme of Narnia. Are you talking about okay. the origins? Origins, cosmology? the very first cosmology origin episode was Narnia and Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yes, the both of those together. I remember now I really enjoyed that one. Me too, but I just love excuses to talk about uh, Arda in general, and I really like that uh, the opening of the Silmarillion. I just it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, if I'm going to do mine before our, you know, you saved the best for last. So, so Pang wanted to be saved for last because you know she she knows that she's the best. That's that's the thing. <laughs> some people <laughs> some people are the best. Some people know they're the best. Some people are both. Up to you to decide. Uh, anyway, I. Let's see. Uh, from my own life, this is super weird. I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little theological with it. I guess I grew up kind of with this understanding that caring for others is important, but everything is all about heaven and the afterlife kind of stuff. So everything I do in this life is really for the next life, and kind of always felt discouraged to do stuff for myself because that's just you know it's selfish and that's not this world doesn't matter. This year, uh, I kind of challenged some of that and got leaned into the the joy that God has for me now and the love for myself and for others. And sometimes that starts with self-care. Um, and this is, it was like the, the most baby of steps. But I forced myself to spend money to get a new shower head. And every single day, it's just slightly better from this new shower. Head. <laughs> and it's, it's like nice. a daily reminder that I'm like, oh. Yeah, it is important that I care for myself. It it actually helps me care for others better because I feel happy. I'm not just I'm miserable. We didn't get through this world. Let me help somebody else so I could check it off my checklist. It's like, oh, no, I'm happy. And I just want to share happiness with others. And, uh, you know, I think it's a better way to do life, perhaps. Of all the Joshua checklists, I did not think that was not on mine. That was not showerhead <laughs> checklist. But do you oh, remember yeah. your baptism yeah, every morning? You remember your baptism every time you take a shower? Remember? Well, I was baptized blood. at least 12 times. So that's a tricky okay. question. Yeah. yeah Gotta love yeah. that church camp. Every 16. Summer. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're Pentecost- we grew, I grew up Pentecostal, Will. I, I got baptized a lot. We get baptized Ooh. for fun, Will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was another fun one right there, that episode we did. Uh, the baptism episode? 
When was no, that? No, no, no. The difference is no, when we were recording at Will's church. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. Good time. That was a My Seminary right. Life episode. For those wondering, check out uh, Brandon Knight's show. Yes. Um, okay, so that's my personal life. My one for the show. Uh, you know, really, it was this year, start 2023. I'm just going to be transparent with everybody. Started off with me feeling kind of iffy about our show, and I wasn't even sure if I wanted to stick with it. And by the end of the year, I was like, I, this people feel like my family. It's like, I have a whole community here and I think we're closer than ever. And I'm actually last year, I was kind of like, mm, are, are we going to make it through this year? Am I going to be a part of this anymore? And this year I'm like, man, I I'm excited. I can't wait to see where this goes and to keep being a part of it. And I actually grew to love our show more. So that'll be mine. I know that's a little bit more general and generic and kind of sappy. Like you're my family guys. I promise. I haven't been drinking yet. So, you know. <laughs> Um, and then what I learned from the cosmology stuff, you know, again, this, I guess it's more theological. It's more of a, every time I've thought of cosmology, I guess, cause I got stu stuck on like Bible and it's always, is this true or not? Is this canon or not? Those are the questions I'm used to asking. You know, when I think of like the beginning of star Wars, it's, is the Donna Jedi canon? Is it not canon? You know, that kind of stuff. Whereas when I saw us all talking about it this year, I was challenged to think more of how do our views of our origins and our cosmologies actually fundamentally see the way we see the world around us. And um, I don't know, I found that really challenging to, uh, especially since we ended the year with that episode of Genesis and other ancient mythologies. I'm like, maybe I, I really got to think about what I believe about this, not just because is it right or not, but because, um, yeah, changes how I view the world. Okay, Elizabeth, your turn in the lightning round. One thing from your own life to highlight, one thing from the show to highlight, and then something you learned from the cosmology origin series. Well, this is how you do a lightning round, jabbers. Highlight from my life, went to Japan. It was awesome. Highlight from the show, when we hung out in North Carolina and played games together. Fun. Highlight from Origin, when I tagged along with Pokemon. So fun. Ooh, nice. Also, uh, I think we're going to try and do that. Folks. That's how you do it, right? That there. is a lightning Josh's round. lightning round was four minutes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think we're going to do the uh, the summer hangout again in uh, Matthews, North Carolina this year. So listeners, be checking for that because that, that was a lot of and, fun. Do more. And Geek Camp. There might be a Geek yeah, Camp, gonna be, not Beer yeah, be Camp, but Geek Camp at well, Lutheran, we'll uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, November. Yeah, we'll probably also be at Beer Camp again, North Carolina Comic Con again. Um, maybe the, the con in Wilmington, you know, we got a few different cons we're looking at. Eh, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. I want to do a few other of those pop-ups, maybe one in Raleigh this year. We'll see. We'll see. But we're going to get a, past our lightning round finally, and we're going to move to something a little more spiritual than we usually do. We don't usually get too spiritual on this show. This is more of our fun show, and we have other shows where we talk about Jesus. You know, I'm kidding, but we typically don't stop and read the Bible. But today... The one and only, the, the beautiful, wonderful, the voice of gold, Tiberius Juan, is going to read from the Christian Standard Bible, uh, Matt, the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, in honor of Epiphany Day, we're going to read the story of Epiphany. Yeah. So I, I really thought Josh was about to do a really good transition when he was like, yeah, we'll probably be back in Matthew. Speaking of, here's the Epiphany story. Uh, he didn't do that, but I was <laughs> excited for it. <laughs> when I thought it was about to happen. Uh, so Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11 in the Christian Standard Bible, the epiphany story is, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. 
When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all of the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right. And uh, the main reason that we talked about that was so that uh, Will could open us up when we're talking about Epiphany with his his hot take on Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Yeah, I, this is one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture because I think it has everything. It has religion and spirituality. It has political intrigue and tension, and it's got cosmology. So you have like faith and science and politics all like coming together in one leaven uh, verse story in chapter two of Matthew. And Matthew is the only one that records this this story uh, of the Magi. Um, Matthew has a primarily um, Jewish Hebrew audience. And I, and I think he's pushing the boundaries a little bit saying, hey, listen up, uh, God's doing a new thing and even bringing in outsiders who are recognizing this Messiah, the Christ. It's not just for us who claim to be Jewish or Hebrew, but for the entire world. And then you have that that juxtaposition of Herod being frightened uh, and then their joy in seeing the the Messiah. And, and so all those coming together in one story um, really brings me a lot of joy. And I think it's relevant for today because Again, we're still wrestling with uh, who is God for or against or who is God. We're still wrestling with the science and cosmology of our day. And of course, this being election year, we have a lot uh, that's ahead of us <laughs> leading towards November as people of faith, as people in communities, people in families. And I think it's still still part of our lives. The same thing that's going on here in this story is still unfolding in our in our lives. And so uh, that's why I love this story so much. It's, it's timeless in the midst of, of all those things. And the fact that... Um, you know, we're, I'm a part of a liturgical season, uh, church season tradition. And so our new year starts in Advent. Uh, and so it's a new liturgical season that leads up to Christmas, the 12 days of Christmas. And here we are on the 12th day. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, but then January 6th is the day of Epiphany. It's not overthrow your government day as what most people are going uh, to kind of remember in the present day. But it's, it's the day of Epiphany, the visit of the Magi. And they're bringing... Uh, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And if you'll notice in Isaiah, with this prophecy, it talks about bringing gold and frankincense to this Messiah, representing uh, kingship, royalty, and frankincense, divinity. But but Matthew adds myrrh because this Christ is not only royalty, this Christ is not only uh, divine, uh, but this Christ will also die and be buried in a tomb that will need embalming uh, scented oils uh, for, for their life and death. So uh, Matthew's throwing a little Easter egg right there uh, in Christmas and Epiphany. And, and it's a season of uh, aha epiphanies, of revelation. So God's revealing to us in this season of Epiphany 
who this Christ was born for us. And so I hope during this season of Epiphany, we can uh, slow down a little bit, uh, watch and wait and see what God is doing new in our midst. So uh, that's why I love this story so much. It contains so much. And um, yeah, I hope that we all have epiphanies as we enter into this new year of 2024. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I actually love taking the time to think past too often. I feel like we hear Jesus's birth. Then we hear the crucifixion and, um, and, and you know, I guess liturgical churches do it differently. I feel like they hear a lot more gospel than some of our other churches, like growing up Pentecostal without a liturgical calendar. I heard a lot of Psalms I heard a lot of like Corinthians and Romans, maybe um, hmm. we had so many Roman series. It was incredible. Revelation, Daniel, Exodus, you, you know, we kind of tiptoed around, but you didn't spend a ton of time in the gospel. Sometimes, and that's where uh, everybody should check out Let Nothing Move You. He went through the whole book of Matthew. Anyway, <laughs> anybody else? Um, I actually, speaking of Let Nothing Move You, let's let Christian take this. Christian, did you have anything you wanted to add as far as like this story in the book of Matthew? Because I know you covered it pretty recently. Oh, did I? Did I, Joshua? You sure you listened to my show? <laughs> I mean, you know. I covered the gospel of Luke, Same not thing. Matthew. Same thing. <laughs> hey, oh. Where no. was Matthew? Was Matthew no, Joe's uh, show? Did Joe cover me? M- Matthew is Joe's oh, show. Oh, my bad. He is currently going through that right now. My so bad. shout out to you, Joe. Um, but yes, Do you I, even support I, our other podcasts, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> Have you listened I to the Clydes? The podcast. Well, do you listen to the Clydes? <laughs> no, they That's don't put shows. Actually, y'all did put one out last Saturday. I listened we did to that put one. one out last Saturday. Y'all missed a few, and I was sad. And it's going, I was sick, Joshua. Stop, who, stop being coming, sick. Another one's coming out tomorrow. By his stripes, you were healed. <laughs> Okay, out of time. So anyways. Check out our merch online at the SG shop. There you can find clothing such as hat, extra soft t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, and more things like glassware, mugs, bags, and posters. My favorite shirt design is the one that says all reading counts. So make sure you check out the store and find your new favorite merch. Well, I think one of the important parts here is that, you know, as you said earlier, like Matthew is primarily written towards a Jewish audience, but he doesn't neglect the fact that Jesus is intended for the entire world. And that's one of the things he brings up with the Magi is wherever the heck they come from. Some people say they came from Europe. Some people say they came from Persia. Some people say from Africa, wherever the heck they came from. Somehow they learned this knowledge of who, of Christ coming, the Messiah coming. They came to it. They responded to it. And they responded to it with joy, as would be the case with many Gentiles along the way. So, <clears throat> sorry, I'm still dying here. <clears throat> he, uh, the, he he ties it in really well, not only with the, Jesus being something important for the Jewish people, salvation through them, but also for the entire world. Yeah, yeah. I The other thing there is, I don't know if you guys noticed, like there um, – it says three gifts. It doesn't say three magi. Sometimes, sometimes we think we put three three magi there, but it never says how many. So it could be a whole entourage of people and magi or wise people from the east coming over uh, with a lot of things. But they present just three gifts. So of course we give each person a gift to present Christ in the nativity scene. We couldn't probably no most nativity scenes can't have hold twenty other people there because it's a, a small thing. But yeah. um, you know, it could be it could be more. It's only three gifts. It doesn't mention uh, three magi. Yeah. So the nerd in me, we don't know where the Magi are from. We do know most of your Eastern wise men, especially astrologers, would travel in basically small militant groups. It was very unlikely to be three people. It was probably an entire entourage. Like it was a lot of people. They were probably on horses and not camels because, you know, they were from the Eastern part of that region. Also, uh, 
I don't like to take a lot of things literally, but I, I do find it interesting when you think of people from the East in context of the Bible and the people of Israel, you're thinking of, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe the people that uh, Daniel would have been a part of where he would have been exiled. You know, one of the Messiah stories in the book of the Bible where you see the man, the third person, the fourth person join the three in the furnace where you see Daniel meaning the ancient one and all of the stories of what is to come. Uh, yeah, and I think it's it's very important to see that also um, one day I'll do a Levitical a Leviticus series because I just love Leviticus. All three of the gifts <laughs> they brought are definitely just nods to diff- different things in the book of Leviticus and the deep theological meaning behind them. Um, TJ, Payne, did either of y'all have anything you wanted to add just about this uh, scripture before we moved on? No. No. All right. So hey, I'm- one more thing, Re- quick recommendation though. Uh, it's a, so one of the best books I've written, um, read when it comes to faith and science is a book by two Catholic uh, astronomers and cosmologists. And the name of the book is "Would You Baptize an Extraterrestrial?" and other questions from the Vatican inbox. And they have a whole chapter in there called "What Is the Star of Bethlehem?" So they go through what it is, what it couldn't be, not. Mostly, um, most likely not a comet or a star, but it could have been like a constellation attributed to a particular nationality or nation. And so uh, perhaps they, as they are watching the stars, something emerged or something they saw that was um, unusual uh, tipped them off to maybe somebody new was born uh, in Israel that was of large significance. So that's what drew them to Israel. So that's why Herod was scared and his uh, power and authority was threatened. So he uh, thought he was going to um, change the vote and uh, overthrow the government or do those kinds of things. So, you know, January 6th, you know, it all comes together on Epiphany. Just thought I'd throw it out there since we have a new season of political stuff coming up in 2024. Throw that out there. Uh, but yeah, um, continue to read uh, for our listener out there. Read Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 on your own and kind of uh, see what jumps out at you. I think it's a powerful, powerful story and has a lot of relevance to uh, who we are today as disciples, as Christians, as people who live in church communities or faith communities. So there you go. That's all I have to say about that for now, all right. unless you want more. So to, to, to transition a little bit, uh, this actually, we were rec- we were requested by an audience mm-hmm. member a year ago, and I forgot that we cover the life of Brian. And I remember this year because I was thinking of these things that I knew Will was going to talk about, right? I was thinking of these ideas of January 6th. What does it actually mean to the church? What does it mean to our country and our culture here in America? And what's funny about the life of Brian that we're going to see is how people missed Jesus. Why? They were too busy, preoccupied thinking about political violence. They were too busy, preoccupied looking for who they wanted the Savior to be rather than who he actually was. And mm. I, I actually really enjoyed this movie. A lot of people throw this out as it was uh, heretical. It was blasphemous. Uh, it got it gets a lot of hate. This movie gets a lot of hate, especially from Christians. It is an R-rated film. There are a few F-bombs, um, some nudity. So, you know, it's not for kids. It's not for kids. But what I thought was <laughs> the, the, the one thing I want to start this off with with our conversations the um the actual creator so this is monty python and the life of brian the creator started off wanting to do satire about jesus they were going to do the whole story of jesus's life they read the book of the bibles the books of the bible specifically to do that and then they came together and said this guy he's uh pretty straightforward he's pretty good and they didn't think they could do a satire about jesus so they said what are we going to do instead we'll create another person and make fun of the followers instead so, uh, so instead of getting satire about jesus we get satire about uh, the followers and so easy I, yeah so easy which, to do. <laughs> yeah which, uh, yeah yeah i actually as a follower of jesus i loved it i thought this was great 
Mm-hmm. And also, I don't mm-hmm. know how intentional it was. It also feels like it's it kind of satire of those cheesy Jesus movies that they used to show us on Wednesday nights at church all the time. I'm like, I'm like this is filmed almost the same as those. And that was part of the humor for me. It was like, I've seen too, too many bad Jesus movies. I'm like, this is a, this is great. <laughs> this is great. Um, so with that out of the way, we're going to be talking about the life of Brian. So let's start off with what is everyone's history with Monty Python? I, I've seen the Holy Grail. I've seen a few other skits. I've never been a huge Monty Python nerd. I saw some skits in college. You know, I had some friends who were big fans, but uh, I was never a big fan myself. Christian, what about you? What are, what's your history with Monty Python? Uh, I started in high school. Uh, my dad showed me uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Loved it. Like it, It's one of my favorite movies of all time, honestly. Uh, just because it, it's got rewatchability value up to wazoo. Like you can watch that film 10 times over and keep missing stuff. Uh, <laughs> eventually I saw The Life of Brian, really enjoyed that too. The Meaning of Life, not my favorite, but it's still good too. And I watched a couple bits of the show. I haven't seen everything, but yeah, I started in high school. All right. All right. Uh, let's throw this over to Will. What's your history with the Monty Python crew? Yeah, I didn't. I definitely knew the quest for the Holy Grail. That was something that was rewatched and passed around at youth group and people talking about it and quoting it and all those kinds of things. Uh, it wasn't too much later. I am a fan of comedy, a, a fan of Saturday Night Live, of of improv, those kinds of things. So just knowing now the history of Monty Python and their sketch comedy and coming out of uh, England and the British comedy group and how foundational they were uh, for so many other people and, and comedians and sketch comedians who want to get into comedy, how they really were trailblazers in what they did in some of the comedy and satire. And what, what comedy does, it, it does hold up a mirror to society. It does, it holds up um, kind of a mirror to the absurdity that our lives are about. And if you can't laugh at it, then man, uh, let, let's have a conversation because yeah, life, life is funny and, and weird and obnoxious. And so if we can't laugh at ourselves in life, then, then what can we do in, in world, in the world, in a life? So uh, yeah. Um, Holy grail. I've seen bits and pieces of, of life of Brian and know of it. And then um, watching some of the clips that Joshua sent us in, in preparation for this uh, reminded of, of the style of humor of Monty Python. And it makes me want to go back and watch the whole thing all the way through again. Nice, nice. All right, uh, TJ. TJ, what is uh, what's your history with the life of Brian, or is the life so, of Brian with uh, Monty Python? So I've I've been like around Monty Python my whole life. Like my sister was a big fan when I was young. You know, she's like nine years older than me, so I just kind of ended up watching movies that were a bit out of my age range. Uh, so it's kind of always been around. I've caught glimpses, peaks. I uh, didn't really watch it for the first time until like high school, uh, and that was that would be Holy Grail. Of course, it's like the the perennial Monty Python. Uh, but Life of Brian was not long after. And I actually kind of like the meaning of life, personally. Uh, those are the only three I've seen. I haven't seen any of the earlier work. Uh, I love British comedy. Usually. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you have that kind of dry humor that a lot of British comedy has. So it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I just have to reconcile. This is not dry. Coming out of England and then. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's tough sometimes. Yeah. Also, for the record, I, I first watched Life of Brian uh, this week, and I've never seen The Meaning of Life. Elizabeth, <laughs> what is your history with the Monty Python group? I've watched it in the background when my husband watched it. That is all. Like uh, which which of which of it? <laughs> all of it. Oh, okay. So so is Taylor a big Monty Python fan? Like all three movies and the skits and everything? He's he's seen them all. He's in, he enjoys that type of humor. Ah, okay. 
Well, I enjoy Taylor. So anything he approves of, I have to at least partially approve. (laughs) That's not true. I can think for myself. That's a joke from Life of Brian. Anyway, so before we before we jump into this movie specifically, uh, let's for those who haven't seen it, Christian, could you do a a quick summary of what this movie is about and what happens in this film? Yeah, sure. Uh, We start off with the wise men. Uh, trying to find baby Jesus, but they stumble upon a different manger where uh, Brian and his mother dressed in drag, as is normal for Monty Python, uh, get to the point of, oh, he's the Messiah instead, until they realize, oh, no, we made a huge mistake, take their gifts back and go to the actual Jesus to celebrate his birth. Uh, Later on, we find that child, Brian, has grown up with his mom, uh, found out that he's actually half Roman, which ruins his entire world because he thought he was always Jewish. Now he learns that he's Jewish and Roman. And resenting that, agrees to join up with uh, the People's Front of Judea, which is uh, one of the several... uh, terrorist groups trying to fight back against Roman occupation uh, that doesn't like the other groups. So there's a lot of schisms happening between them. And to prove himself to them, what he does is he is tasked with writing a note to the Romans with uh, paint to leave. So we get a long lesson of Latin diction and how it's supposed to be used correctly, uh, which I think I can't remember which one of the pythons was also actually a Latin professor. <laughs> yeah, but he he gives like the reasonings for why it's supposed to be. And after just getting done with Greek, like I can appreciate some of the jokes. Obviously, Greek and Latin aren't the same language, but you kind of get some gist there. Uh, and the soldier makes him do it again because he does it incorrectly. However, other Roman soldiers see him do it, chase him down and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, try to take him down. But also as well, the uh, People's Front of Judea tries to kidnap Pilate's wife, end up in conflict with another Jewish terrorist organization. Brian's the only one left standing after that. (laughs) He gets brought into custody before Pontius Pilate, who has a lisp, and uh, (laughs) which they make fun of him this whole time, starts talking about his, his boy, Biggest Dickus, that those poor actors in that scene, they were told that if they laughed, they would be fired. Which obviously wasn't true, but they try to keep their cool, fail completely. And how could you not in that scene? Uh, and we have a brief interlude where Brian escapes, gets uh, kidnapped, <laughs> abducted by aliens randomly. It's a, the biggest day of six mocking ever. And then eventually they crash land back in Judea. Uh, he escapes the Roman soldiers, but then intermingles with a group of like street preachers. And through what he has heard of Jesus earlier, because he was at one of the sermons on the Mount, he did hear Jesus preach, but he, like many other people, misunderstood what he was saying. So he says things he kind of sort of heard, which the people gravitate towards. So they start thinking that he's the Messiah instead, uh, falls in love with one of the uh, terrorists, Judith. Uh, They end up together and the people, he tries to keep telling them, I'm not the Messiah, but only the true Messiah denies his divinity, of course. And they get... uh, to the point where he is once again caught by the Roman soldiers and set to be crucified. Uh, the crowd says, you know, they want Waja to be released. They want, uh, uh, we great over the other names. I can't remember. They'll start with ours. Rudolph the red-nosed Tyler. reindeer. Yeah, Ru- <laughs> Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer as well. But eventually, uh, Fweeb Wyan is called out by Judith. But before he's actually able to be taken down, <laughs> They get a very funny spoof of Spartacus there. It was like, no, I'm Brian. No, I'm Brian. And the wrong person gets taken down. Who wanted to be crucified? Which is great. But uh, before we're actually shown Brian dying, everyone on the crosses starts singing, you know, always look on the bright side of life. And that's where the movie ends. 
the best part, of course, is when they they transition it for one line to say the to look on the bright side of death. That was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. This did, did we talk about the best joke in the movie? Else. What is the best? Which one? Let's come uh, up. I'm not sure if I want to say the joke. No, go, go, do it. Where his name is Biggest Dickus. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We did. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. You, you Oh God, yeah, that was um, funny, funny stuff. Improv, by the way. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of. They were paid. Those the loved. two actors playing those guards were told they would be paid if they didn't laugh. <laughs> that's yeah. That's just brilliant. All right, so let's start. Let's start with like as far as this movie goes. It, is it blasphemy? Let's let's hear from the pastor of the group. Will is this film blasphemy? Heretical. I don't want people. I don't want people throwing stones at me when I start saying the same word that I'm supposed to be telling someone else that they're not supposed to be saying. Uh, so, so no, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's blasphemous. I'm not going to say Jehovah. Oh my God. No. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can see where people would be offended or if you like, you know, if you're not self-aware or you're not comfortable in your own religion or, or if you're just not, you know, if it, it, it can come across as like, wow, I'm being picked on, I'm being bullied. They're, they're picking on my religion. I take this seriously and this is a part of my identity and it's making me feel uncomfortable so yeah i i don't like it so i can definitely understand that there's been times in my life when when i've seen christianity or religion uh portrayed in a way where i'm like hey man that's a part of my identity why are you why are you picking on me but but if you kind of go outside of yourself a little bit and look at it and and know that it's kind of holding up a mirror to the absurdity of the some of the claims you're sharing or the hypocrisy that's within it whether it's with religious leaders uh, that one scene the religious leader <laughs> calling somebody else blasphemous to stone somebody but he's saying the same word out loud and they start throwing uh stones at him um i i definitely I definitely get that so so yeah, I mean, comedy in itself, uh, similar to like horror, is supposed to make you uncomfortable. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable in your seat because it's it's, it's picking on things within your life uh, that that maybe you're not secure in, or you feel uncomfortable, or is the absurdity or part of your identity? It's it's picking at you, and and uh, but sometimes jokes can go too far if if you feel like uh, you're at their expense. Um, and and you're not laughing with them, uh, but you feel like you're being laughed at. So I can I can see where it, it totes a line there. But that that's kind of what it's meant to be. It's meant to do. That's that's what it's trying to do. Um, so so yeah, that that's my somewhat um, lukewarm stance on whether it's blasphemous or not. Matthew warm. Yeah yeah Matthew warm. Yeah, yeah Matthew warm. Um, <laughs> no, I I actually I really enjoy just the the concept. Um, because again, they weren't making fun of Jesus. Uh, you, you do see Jesus a couple of times in the film. Um, my, my favorite, of course, is that scene where he's standing there and he's doing the Sermon on the Mount and they're kind of doing like telephone. So the people in the back are like, blessed are the Greek. Why are they blessed? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, you know, it's great. Good humor. But also mm-hmm. you see like some serious commentary in this comedy that you were kind of mentioning of people who are so wrapped up in this political violence and let's overthrow the Romans. What have they ever done for us? And it's the aqueducts, health, peace, education, peace. roads, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, but other than all of that, what have they done for us? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, sometimes sometimes people just want to be mad at something. Right. And mm. I, I always think it's fun to think about, which I'm curious if this was ever something that you guys were thinking of when you watched this or seen some of the scenes, Peter was a zealot. One of Jesus disciples was a zealot, which is what those terrorist groups were. They were all zealots. That's what they were called. 
Um, Jesus was sometimes referred to as a zealot, but I don't think he ever refers to himself as a zealot. Peter did. And then also in Jesus' same group was a tax collector that worked for the Romans. <laughs> so it's kind of like, how did, how did that work exactly? Um, and just thinking you, of it in this thinking concept. of Simon. Yeah, Simon, Simon. Simon Peter, you know. <laughs> It's fine. No doubt. No, two different dudes. Yeah, it's fine. Peter, Peter, Peter was Simon the fisherman, and then there's Simon yeah, the Zealot. Simon okay. the Zealot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. And Alvin is the lead but. singer and the <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And the fourth Beatle. The fourth yes. Beatle. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so you have that commentary where they're kind of missing it for that. And then you see where everybody just kind of gravitates to these leaders. And you do know in that time, historically, there was a lot of people who claimed to be Messiah, which were the one joke where the guy was like, I should know you're the Messiah. I've picked a few of them out. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that was just a thing. There was a lot of people. People believed to be Messiahs in the time. And yet, for some reason, uh, Jesus is, is the one that really stands out. And uh, we still think about and talk about today so much. Elizabeth, why does Jesus stand out among the zealots? Just want to catch her off guard. Because he's just a cool dude with love. <laughs> yeah. He was actually a raver being God or anything. Peace, love, unity, respect. Yeah. yeah. That's really yeah, funny that to like maybe two. I'll say he stands out because he actually was God personally, but that's just me. I didn't know if you meant like in the life of Brian or like in actual life. Oh, I meant in actual life. <laughs> okay. That, cause, I was like, because the life of Brian is like you just saw him like in passing. It's like, okay, uh -huh. yeah, she yeah, didn't stand out in the movie too much. <laughs> nope. Oh, man. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, he did do that whole water and wine thing. That was kind of impressive. Yeah, that's true. Anybody who could turn my water into wine for free, I'll remember that guy. I know. I mean, yeah. feeding 5,000 and 10,000, impressive. Yeah. What's interesting yeah. is there are you stories knew, before though. Jesus where people did that kind of stuff, like the same stuff who were claiming that they were Messiah. Which is, oh, you're talking about in, in real life, like in most real life. Oh, in real yeah. life. Oh, I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. That. Like but before think, Jesus came on. Go ahead. Do you think those people who are being fed with the, you know, loaves and fish knew that they were being fed with not enough food? Or by that point, they're just like, sweet, they have enough food for everyone. I mean, yeah. if I looked around and I saw 5,000 people getting fed and I mean, you can count the baskets. You, I would yeah. no, take notice. Yeah. The thing with that is, which is something that Reza Aslan, this is this is my recommendation of, of the episode. Reza Aslan writes Zealot. It's about Jesus of Nazareth, the historic Jesus. And he pulls from all the historic documents, not just like biblical. He's not even a Christian, but he's pointing out these historical things of like, yeah, there were plenty of people right before Jesus came along in that same time period that said they were the Messiah that fed lots of people with very little food that did these miracles, turned water to wine, all these other things doing miracles. But for some reason, Jesus stands out. And the reason Reza Aslan gives us, and I feel like this is like very Christian-y for us, but that's fine. <laughs> Reza Aslan says, and, and from a historical standpoint, Jesus was the only one that claimed to raise from the dead that people saw die. You know, like, and that was the big thing. All the other stuff, it's cool. The life of Brian stuff is like, it's accurate. Like there was all kinds of people claiming to be Messiah, saying these teachings. It's like, why Jesus? And I think it's funny from a non-Christian perspective, well, he said he died and came back, and that's kind of a big deal. And any other person who did that, uh, their followers were all just killed by the Romans immediately. Jesus, yeah, is I mean, I think there's something about something about Jesus that 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 sticks, and I and I think that's what people wrestle with. You know, what makes Jesus so special? Why is he still around? Why is his followers still around? What sets him apart from others who claim to be Christ and Messiah? And and those are all valid questions to explore, whether it's the historical Jesus or the theological Jesus or the Christology within the Gospels themselves. But I do find it interesting in all four Gospels. 
that that um yeah the, only matthew records the story of the magi only luke records the story of the shepherds uh, visiting the manger uh john has does his thing mark does his thing but all four gospels share that jesus changed or or um, fed many people, 5,000 people with, with just a, a, a scarcity of, of bread and fish. So there's something about that particular story of providing for his people we're providing for people, feeding the hungry that that sticks for when all the communities, um, of course, crucifixion, resurrection are all four Gospels. But but that particular one, feeding the 5,000 is, is in all four. And, and there's something to be said about that, too. Not that the, it has to be in all four to have more weight, but uh, there's some there's something to that. And uh, asking the question why Jesus, who Jesus is and why he matters, um, still questions really to explore in, in every year. And it's a time, timeless questions for us to wrestle with. I, I wouldn't consider Max Licato a scholar personally. I don't know what you consider him, but I, I don't consider him a scholar. But he writes um, this book in the eye of the storm, and he claims that there's only two days in Jesus's life that's in all four Gospels, and it's the most stressful day of Jesus's life and the second most stressful day of Jesus's life. So his crucifixion, and then the day that John the Baptist, his cousin, dies, which is the day he feeds the 5,000 and walks on water. And I find hmm. it really interesting that those two days would be the day. I haven't reread that in a long time. When I first started college, though, that book deals a lot with anxiety and how Jesus dealt with anxiety, and that really helped me a lot. So I don't know. Spiritually, I feel like I'm very theologically different from Max Licato. I don't know where I would stand with him now, but that book was really helpful to me. So, you know, I still say check it out if you're anxiety or that kind of thing, or just want to think about the life of Jesus or Brian. You know, <laughs> Brian had some stressful days in there. Um, so before we move on, because we are about to wrap this up, let's real quick, everybody rate this movie. Who's oh, first hands up? Who's actually seen the film? Other me, myself. OK, everyone but Will has seen it. Will's seen part of it. Will, do you still want to be part of the rating? No, you guys go okay. for it. Can okay. I share my favorite scene, though, that you sent me? Can I share the favorite yes. scene? Yes. Like, like like that whole like um, you're all individuals. Think for yourself. And they start repeating <laughs> everything you're saying. And at one point, it's like you're all different. They say we're all different. And then there's this one little voice from the crowd that says, I'm not. Uh, I, I, that's I, also I, I still think about that and I, and I giggle like I, I, I think yeah. that's the funniest freaking thing. Yeah, there's so many I'm good the stoning scene. Oh, there's so many just good scenes in this. Yeah. Film. So, yeah, um, I'm different. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. If I'm going zero to 10, um, I'm going to go with a seven on this film. It's, you know, it's not one of my favorites or anything. It's definitely better than your average movie. In my case, if I was doing skit by skit, some of these skits would get a 10. Some of them were hilarious. The stoning scene, the everyone be different scene. Some of them were great. But overall, there was a lot of parts that I was like, yes, eh, it was kind of boring for me. So I'm going to stick with a seven. Elizabeth, zero to 10. What are you rating the life of Brian? Five. All right. That's fair. It's not TJ. my type of humor. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's why I was expecting you to be less, like the lowest rating. So I didn't want to mm -hmm. have you go last because that would have been sense. a downer. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. But it's just, yeah. Oh, yeah. TJ, Wait, TJ's giving it a zero? A lot. Uh, this is easily <laughs> like an eight and a half, maybe a nine. Life of Brian's <laughs> hilarious. It, it's some of Monty Python's best work. It is quintessential perennial British comedy at its finest. And it is so funny. It's a masterclass in parody and satire. <laughs> And it's just so good. Well said. Man, I feel like that should be quoted and put on the front of like a DVD that they're selling. World yeah. best podcaster, quote, quintessential perennial masterclass. Uh, masterclass in satire. <laughs> yeah. All right, Christian, zero to 10, take us home. Where are you rating the life of Brian? I'm giving this sucker a nine. Like, 
it's immensely respectful of Jesus. It's just making fun of people who misinterpret what he says or chooses to misinterpret what he says. Uh, it helps a lot to know the history behind Britain's politics at the time, which what they're also making fun of there. Uh, if you know all those things, you don't even have to know those things. And just enhances their already good film. So nine out of 10 for me. Nice. All right. So with that, we are uh, going to wrap this. Well, before we wrap this up, we're going to mention another. We're going to do another lightning round. And this time we're going to try to do better. We're all going to try to be like Elizabeth for this lightning. <laughs> right. Okay. Man, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can do it. So we'll, we'll let Elizabeth start to lead by example. Elizabeth, here's this lightning round. We're doing three. We want to know. What are you excited for coming up on this show? What are you excited about this year personally for yourself? And do you have any uh, goals for our podcast or goals for yourself that you want to uplift? So uh, those three. Yeah. Goals. What's coming up for you personally? What's coming up for the show that you're excited about? And uh, okay. did I do lightning round music? Did I uh, announce? There, lightning there round? it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. So goals for the show. I would enjoy just having more super committed hosts like we have a great team now but we're always trying to grow so if you are listening and you think you might want to you know be a guest sometime we are always looking for super committed hosts that we can rely on and grow with that is the goal and then i am looking forward to in our show i think the politics will be kind of fun um i'm more conservative on that so i'm interested to see how we are going to discuss because i refuse to put certain things on the air. So this is going to be interesting how we're going to tiptoe around this. Mm. A lot of opinions, but I do believe some opinions need to be kept to yourself. And then personally, um, Taylor and I were trying to make some moves financially. We just bought land. So we're just going to hustle hard and praying for a baby this year. So we will see how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. nice. Okay. Um, for the show, I'm really excited to see same thing, I guess. Host, um, we know we're we're, le we're losing some hosts that I'm kind of sad about, but I'm excited to see new people to come in and see how our relationships change, the dynamic of the show. You know, we're always we're like the Avengers, always changing. Um, for myself, I got away from reading um, in 2016. I read 100 books in one year or 2017, one of those years, and uh, haven't done that since. So I'm going to build my way back. So I'm starting with 30 this year. I'm going to try 80 next year, then go back to 100 the year after that. So those are my goal for myself that I'm really excited for. I guess that's also a goal, but goal for the show. Um, man, I I'm just want to see what we do with our, our other series. Uh, you know, we do spring, summer drive-in. Summer drive-in, I really want to do. This is, this is my last thing. Summer drive-in, I want to do decades. So we'll have each movie will be from a different decade, starting, I think, at like 1950s, going through up until where we are now. We'll have one movie. I think it's going to be a fun drive-in this summer. So looking forward to that. Will, goal, something for the show you're looking forward to and something for yourself you're looking forward to. Uh, what I go for the, the show, I'll stick with, I, I'll go with that for, cause it's something I might like, I love just going on the road. I like, uh, comic cons, I like meeting people out in the wild. And, and so going out, us going out and doing events and, and doing a camp and, and meeting together as, as hosts in person and getting to catch up with each other and, and have a meal and a drink together. I, I love that. So I love what we're recording and putting out there for folks to model, um, how to have healthy conversations around these topics, but also getting together and getting around with people and, and being with 
with each other is is a lot of fun. So um, uh, personally, I want to keep uh, working out and staying healthy. You know, I'm in my 50s. Uh, I'm moving slower. I just got back from a snowboard trip and uh, my my legs are very sore, but I'm going to keep them going because I want uh, to. I'm um, sorry, my lights went out office uh there they are um that uh want to keep surfing until my in, in my 60s so i want to keep keep that going um our church is going into a call process we're calling a new pastor in, this year and so finding a new teammate to do ministry here in chapel hill um uh makes me nervous but also uh, excited about the next chapter in in our life together and you know with our show these two topics religions and politics you know Surely nothing will come up that are controversy that get us canceled. I think I think uh, two easy topics for us to talk about to not piss anybody off. So that's that's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I actually announced it. Our year, our theme this year is religions and fandom, whether they're real or not. And also, we started last year a series of primarily political. We're just doing episodes where we're looking at the politics in our fandoms and thinking about political ideas, issues, themes. From a Christian perspective, not necessarily who to vote for or anything like that, because that's, you know, that's just confined to America. And our show is reaches people that aren't just Americans. All right. Um, Christian, what are you looking forward to this year for the show for yourself? And then uh, what's a goal you'd like to share for either ourselves or, you know, show yourself something goal? Um, I'm looking forward to some more quality conversations because I can't think of a single time last year where I wasted my time recording with someone else. And I want to keep that going. Yeah, uh, I want to. Yeah, I want to hear more of what other people have to say. Like the new additions we've just added, and the people that we're losing too. Like I, I had a great time with all of them. Um, as far as these series, I'm looking forward to the religion as- aspect because it's going to force me to do research, and that's something I'm always willing to do if it's something I'm super interested in. I've been interested in these. I just haven't had the time or the will to do it, but now I have will. And I can do it. So I'm going to do that. (laughs) Uh, The primary political, I'm looking forward to the disagreements we're going to have because I love arguing and I love having a good time with people that I love and respect over issues that we may not agree on. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. So for me personally, um, uh, at this point, I'm at the halfway to almost being done with seminary with the degree change that just happened. So instead of four years, I could possibly do it in three. So. I'm looking forward to seeing how I can maintain grades as well as I have and to have a good time and fellowship with my professors and fellow students. Um, Then as far as this goes, uh, I want to, my hope is that eventually people will respond on time and we get things done a lot better. That's my biggest goal. I know it's not going to happen, but I wish for it anyways. But as well, I agree with Will, like, you know, as much as a person, an introvert as I am, I do enjoy going to comic cons and meeting with people and talking about the show and talking about what they love and what they do. Uh, what we did in uh, the last comic con we went to was a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to all the events. Also, I forgot to mention uh, Scrooge McDuck is going to be part of our political series. I started doing research and realized I, I've barely scratched the surface of stuff out there. That's about Scrooge McDuck. There is much more of a plethora of a uh, lore of lore, I guess. Than I thought mm-hmm. there was. I don't know. TJ, wow. best yeah, for last. Best for last. Lightning round. Uh, something you look forward to for yourself, for the show, and uh, just a goal for you or the show that you want to share. All right. So what I'm looking forward to, I thought we were doing goals for ourselves, too. Did, I, did everyone else not just give a personal goal? I don't know. It's either for yourself or the show. Just a goal in general. Doesn't matter what it's for. Make a goal for me. Uh, no. Uh, okay. 
Actually, my goal for Joshua is for him to not burn himself out reading so many books because mm. two a week is yeah. not sustainable nor beneficial, I think. So, <laughs> uh, for the show, uh, I think a good goal for us to set is just to be here, present, working, getting better and bigger than ever. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to achieve. And it is unmeasurable by any metric. Thank you very much. That's what I call an achievable goal. Uh, nice. For myself, I'm actually starting a, a little side business with my roommate. We're going to build computers. I want that to go somewhere. That'd be cool. You know, small thing, yeah. boutique, PC building. But yeah, that would be really <laughs> awesome. And as far as what I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the growth of the show. Getting, able, getting you know, more audience, more conversation, you know, bigger reach. I just, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I love to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just to watch the show grow the last few years has been wild and um yeah I, i'm excited to see who all else we can like i've met some some really cool people through this i'm excited to see who all else uh we can interact with and get to know and be friends with and all that so with that uh i guess it's time to start our wrap up and instead of recommendations i thought it'd be fun if we all just shared a few of our christmas gifts we got this year this is our first get together for the holidays at all we haven't really done just christmas time with each other we've talked about christmas movies but uh you know I want to talk about I want to talk about Christmas itself since this is the last day of Christmas. Um, Will, what what's some gifts you got for Christmas this year? You want to share? We focus all our kind of finances and money and gift giving onto taking a, a ski trip, snowboarding trip out in Utah, and we just got back and um, super fun seeing those mountains, seeing um, that scenery for the first time, and and skiing on on real slopes and real snow. We kind of got skunked on the snow, but uh, it's more snow than what we have in North Carolina, so that was a lot of fun. And I came back walking my own two feet, so I'm very happy about that. And on top of that, my daughter's got me like this Theragun, like massage gun thing uh which is incredible and so coming back from uh snowboarding and using that on my it bands and hamstrings has been uh a gift to me so so yeah that's been fun and and the whole advent christmas season here in chapel hill at my church was was really meaningful it was good it was short we had three weeks of advent it felt really rushed there was so much going on very busy but in terms of meaningfulness and people coming to church and interacting and engaging with our church over the season of advent and christmas was very very meaningful so um yeah a, a big gift for us here uh in chapel hill and looking forward to 2024 awesome awesome i'll, I'll go ahead and go next i got a uh, i actually got twig from scotty young um, this is a graphic novel that uh, my wife got from his website. So it came signed and it has a little what? card where he this is one of the few graphic novels where he didn't do the art himself. But the little card, he drew the character out himself and signed it. So I'm going to get that framed of the character drawn by Scotty Young. Super excited about that. I got all the collection of all of uh, the Iron Fist done from Alyssa Wong, who is one of my mm -hmm. new favorite artists because I met her at NC Comic Con through this show this year. Um, um, see, I got a few. She actually this is what blew my mind. My wife drove down to the comic store, which is not close for us. She went all the way to the comic book store, went in and said, I need to see Josh Shua Knowles pool box. And she had no idea what to get me and just started asking the guy, like, please help. <laughs> so uh, there's a series I actually got pretty far behind on. And she got the whole series out of my pool box. So here I am unwrapping Christmas presents. And, you know, some stuff you kind of know, like she wouldn't know Twig. So I kind of like, I know I, I told her I wanted Twig. So I knew it was going to be there. I did not expect to get a box full of comics from my pool box. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that was crazy. Nice. Uh, my stocking had a lot of fun stuff in it. Uh, I, I got metal straws. So I don't have to use those annoying paper ones when I go to Disney World because I hate them. Um, and I got oh, yes. tiny bottles of rum because that's that's what you put in adults Christmas stocking. <laughs> 
Yeah. Who needs candy? No, I I had a great Christmas. I got a lot of accessories for the podcast, too. So hopefully we'll see some improvements there. Um, TJ, what did you get for Christmas this year? Um, I got a little drone and some money. Nice. And an orange in my stocking. What a real adult gets in his stocking. (laughs) I do like oranges. Mom does that. We do oranges in the stocking. Why? Why? I don't know. It weighs it down. We do grapefruits and pomegranates as well. I've never heard of this. Weighs weighs down the the toes. So I like oranges. I mean, I do like oranges. I drink an an unnatural amount of orange juice. I'm looking forward to drinks with tea just this year. We're going to talk about orange juice. Um, One time, one time in middle school for lunch, I ate 14 oranges. TJ wins. That's all. Elizabeth, what'd you get for Christmas? So I was kind of like, uh, I kind of canceled Christmas for our family just because it was a really hard year. But the one thing I asked for that I received, I have to demonstrate it. Yeah. Sorry, podcast listeners. Go to you. Oh, no. This is a coach. She has it all backwards. Uh, I thought it was like a reverse anime. Uh, This is Zenitsu's jacket. Zenitsu. I I love TJ's announcing. I don't know what any of this is. It's just the upgraded Snuggie. This is called a Udi. It's a blanket hoodie. Perfect. 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 All right. And uh, again, saving the best for last. If you haven't caught on yet, I think we're all the best, except for myself. Christian, what did you get for Christmas this year? Um, I got what I asked for, which was money and gift cards, because I'm notoriously bad to buy for because I never think about what I want when someone asks me. So my grandparents <laughs> and parents have learned, just give the man money and gift cards. He'll figure it out for himself. But Perfect. I did get a special gift I wasn't expecting this year. When some Rube and I went to go see Godzilla Minus One, <laughs> uh, Joshua gave me his old broken headphones and a, a Funko Pop of Thanos, which I really did appreciate. Nice. For the record, it was because I was having echo problems on his side. And I was like, maybe headphone change will help. It didn't help. But, you know, they're still good headphones. <laughs> anyway, with and that. And they work perfectly fine. Again, we want to shout out and give a big thank you to a supporter of the show, Trip Fuller. We're going to ask everybody listening, if you could like and subscribe on YouTube and rate and review our show on Podchaser or Spotify and Apple Podcasts, if you must. Of course, we want you all to do one very important thing for us as well, which is to remember that we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. Hey guys, Christian here to talk about our Captivate options. That's when you send us a little extra money to just help us along with our projects. But what do you get by giving us that extra money? Well, you have access to any future online D&D campaigns. You get extra bonus question content, which we do at least 48 times a month. You can make a one-time donation here of any amount to help support the show. This helps us with our overhead. That includes the editing software that we use, the recording software that we use, the marketing that we have to do for the show, the equipment that we all need to use to help out with the show, and more. So thank you for what you do. Head out to Captivate. Help us out. We really appreciate what you do. See you later. Hi, my name is TJ, and I'm here to tell you about the Onazam Ministry Podcast Network. Uh, we have a bunch of shows on AMP. Uh, you can follow the entire network in a single feed on Spotify at Amazon Ministry Podcasts or on the network page on Apple Podcasts. 
some of the ones we're running right now are the homily, which is Pastor Will's homily messages from Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Chapel Hill. Uh, we have the Whole Church Podcast, which uh, one of my favorites. Uh, it's where myself and Joshua, uh, we interview leaders from different denominations and backgrounds to work for a full church unity, Big C. Uh, we have My Seminary Life by Brandon Knight, former host on Systematic Ecology. He discusses his experience at seminary and discusses seminary topics so anyone can access the knowledge uh, which is kind of cool. It's like the book, uh, everything you learn in business school and then everything you don't learn at business school. Uh, that's great. Uh, we have Let Nothing Move You by Christian Ashley. He goes through the Bible, uh, kind of like it's a Bible study to explain the biblical narrative through his perspective and what he's learned. Uh, Dummy for Theology, which is Joshua's show. Uh, he discusses various theological topics in an attempt to show every side of big discussions. Now, that leaves you with more questions than answers, which everyone loves a lot. Uh, it's kind of a continuation of a series that we did on whole church but it's really good it's really fun uh we have the bible after hours where the foul mouth preacher goes through the bible from a progressive view to challenge the status quo of the modern church i love that one if you're from a more conservative uh background that one i find will probably be the most helpful for you definitely check that out and we have the clyde's taylor and elizabeth clyde go through weekly discussions in a devotional conversational method uh, to help us get closer to one another and god uh, that's just a little review of what we do in AMP and all of our other shows. Uh, so check that out, get subscribed, and just start getting all that free content, you know?